Hello, I'm Samia Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher, author, filmmaker, and the founder of Impeak. My guests on today's podcast are David Boehner and Jay Stoller from Hume Collective, a super interesting Web3 company developing metastars with a totally novel approach to producing and distributing music. Now, we've just met at a dinner party and you tell Rather. me about <laughs> you tell me about Hume Collective and and Metastars. Can you just give me a quick overview like what's your elevator pitch? Yeah, super fast. Think of Hume as a web3 Metastar label. We develop Metastars and Angel Baby is the first of these Metastars we've ever developed. Um, so what's a Metastar? Metastar is a fully virtual artist, Web3 native. Uh, in the case of Angel Baby, Angel Baby actually is an NFT from Fluff World. Um, and Angel Baby is a deep, rich narrative that, that Jay can, can speak to. But yeah, Metastar is a virtual artist. They are on social media. They're on Twitter. They can be on TikTok. They release music just like a normal like a human artist could, but they're completely virtual. And we're focused on developing these meta stars within Web3 and eventually being the place where when you think meta star, when you think virtual artists, you think you. Okay, that's super interesting. So I have a few questions here. What does it mean to develop a meta star? You know, because I know, I think I mentioned to you last time we spoke, I used to be in a death metal band. So did so you I, sing or did you yeah, play? I was, yeah, I was a screamer. Is so, this on Spotify? <laughs> yeah, well, some of them I think are still, but they're all on YouTube. Well, there's quite a lot of it is on YouTube. You can go and see. It was called Mortat and we did pretty well. We were on the back cover of Metal Hammer magazine, you know, traveled the UK and, and played also in Germany. We played with like Hatebreed, uh, you know, that, that type of band. So, you know, so that was a lot of fun. But I know that in the music industry where when you say, uh, to develop an artist, it means that you uh, invest in them, you help them, you know, write their songs, you help them market themselves, and you help them build their image. What does it mean to develop a meta star? I would say there are two answers to the question that are intertwined. One is developing a meta star includes all of the same aspects of developing a human artist, like you just said. So developing the music, like I work with Angel Baby to develop the music, make sure that the songs are authentic and truthful and the vision of the music is unique, but also something that could really work for the world that they're building in and the markets that they're building in, helping the artists with their social media, with the marketing of the music, uh, everything that you just talked about. So anything that, think of it like anything that you do with a human artist, anything that a human artist can do, a meta star also can do, except they also could play a hundred shows in the same night in multiple places, IRL and in virtual spaces, right? So therefore the equation is, if anything a human artist can do, a Metastar can do, and more, everything that you need to do to develop a human artist, you also need to do to develop a Metastar. Does that make sense for the like traditional side of it? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then what are, what are some of the nuances that are specific to the Metastar? Well, that was gonna be the other piece where then there's the whole Web3 side of it. So working, <clears throat> And I'll be careful, David, not to say too much, but right now, uh, half of my day is spent working with Angel Baby and the team on like, what is, what would a full body of work look like in Web3? What does a meta star look like when they've released 20 songs as music NFTs? What does a body of work look like there? And how can we bridge the gap this is maybe the biggest nuance. If you have a whole world, like Angel Baby right now has had multiple number ones on Audius and on OpenSea. We've only released one 
NFT through Hume, like one Genesis NFT, one main NFT. And then on the music side, we've only released three songs. And we've had all of them have either gotten number one or number two. So in Web3, Angel Baby is like amazing, crushing it, right? Like this is the rise of the Metastar. Angel Baby is such an inspiring artist and growing, growing, and growing. Now, how do you bridge that gap into traditional music, not just in terms of audience, but in terms of the way that the music interacts with itself? Because it's a completely different world. People think about music differently in Web3 and think about being an artist differently in Web3 and there's different mechanisms. So one of the nuances I find is making sure that you're not compromising let's just talk artistically for a second like you're not compromising on the development of the artist at all it's like great music is great music period making sure that you have that but then on the release side and the strategy side how can we build something that will integrate with itself both for the web3 community and then the web2 traditional world those are some unique aspects. Uh, and, would you add anything, David? Yeah, the other you know big piece, which is what the Hume Genesis starts the process for, is having these Hume Genesis holders actually be part of that process and curating the music for the you know for singles for larger bodies of work with Angel Baby. So. What we've been heads down on working on right now is what we call the studio. We, we used to call it the spot. Um, and you'll be able to connect your wallet with your Hume Genesis, go in and make what we call Hume collective decisions on single releases. So you'll actually get to play that role that's usually you know, at the highest level of, of a label where it's like, if you want a picture like Jimmy Ivey and like, listening to the two tracks and being like i don't know these are both good but like we we should definitely go with uh i don't know the real slim shady for eminem's lead single because it's just going to be stronger we shouldn't go with the way i am because that's not going to be a good lead single like the hume genesis is the beginning and we think like with meta stars in general and web3 artists in general it's the beginning of actually having this community input with the artists not to say that like it's not like you control the artist now that's not how human artists work either but you're able to start to have this new kind of we call it like fan to meta star relationship or fan to artist relationship through your hume genesis getting early access to these songs being able to make those decisions and then that'll lead to some of the more web three things people are used to like that decision has been made now you have Hume Genesis holders have exclusive access to mint that single. And then there's a cascading effect of things that can happen as, you know, happens in all Web3 projects. But yeah, we're really excited to see how Genesis holders interact with this space we've built and how that process, I'm pretty sure no one has ever done this before where like <laughs> fans are choosing the singles of an artist. And I'm, almost 100% sure no one's done it before where like the fans are choosing it and then get to go mint that music NFT. Yeah, so the one thing I would add there too as, an, as a nuance, it's a really great question. Um, you need to make sure that you love, 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 love every single song and believe in every single song because all of the power is with the community at that mm -hmm. point which is, a, there's actually something really powerful about that I'm finding in working with the team and Angel Baby and on all of the development of the Metastars, because at a certain point it's like, all right, now the community decides, what do you want to hear? Where does this go? That is not usually how, that's not how it goes at all. You know, there's usually a, a pretty big discourse between artists and management and publisher and label and then within the label from the product manager to the a r and the head of a r and the label head and then the owner of the conglomerate comes in <laughs> and says my cousin wrote the song we're fucking putting that one out so it's like the yeah the the whole concept of what happens after the music is created is completely different and unique
um, yeah. So you answer the question that um, I was going to ask, but I think we can dig a little bit deeper into that. And that is why Web3? Why do we need mm. to make this thing in Web3? What do we actually need it? Or is it more about that, the immersive aspect of it? Uh, or, or are we using Web3 native ways of doing this because of the way that you want to build community? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say it's like three two of them are kind of similar, but it's like immersion involving the community and like cutting out layers of middlemen and guesswork. And number three is gamification. Like the whole, what's the biggest entertainment uh, vertical on planet earth right now? It's gaming and it's not even close. It makes everything else look like, like mom and pop shops <laughs> right now. So Web3 is inherently on some level, you know, whether sometimes it's the simplest form, it's Yuga Labs dropping a serum and letting people, you know, am I gonna hold my, it's simple game theory. And then there's obviously projects that have pushed, you know, their literal full Web3 gaming projects, but finding ways in which we can make this experience feel more like a game and where the, the fan, down to there's the choosing the singles and then there's the other pieces that can happen on the game theory side that artists have never really had the chance to play with either because you've also never been able to interact with your fans all the time like this um <clears throat> which is pretty cool so there's the immersion acts aspect of building this experience that you're able to reward holders with in our case it's like going into the studio early access to these tracks and choosing what the release should be curating larger pieces of work, but then also there's opportunities to gamify music in a way that hasn't happened before. And I, and I know, like, I think to some people will be like, well, why, why do you want to gamify music? Um, and the answer is there's, I'd say like there's different levels of what that means and it's going to be interesting for different people. Um, and it doesn't mean, I think like people jump to like, so all music is gonna be gamified for the rest of time. Like we used to get that a lot of the time when talking about like, oh, we're building virtual artists. Does this mean there won't be human artists anymore? It's like, absolutely not. This is just like, you're gonna have human artists and you're gonna have virtual artists and you're gonna have music that gets released that doesn't have a, you know, NFT aspect to it. And you're going to have music that gets released that does have an NFT aspect to it. And like, all of this is going to be living together. I don't see things aren't going to like, things rarely fully replace. Um, yeah. And there, when you look at the history of how some of the communities around the biggest artists in the world were created and developed, a lot of them were through highly engaged, devoted fans that were having a kind of like unsanctioned gamified experience, but the tools were not there for them to have that experience on chain in a way where the technology supported what was happening. But what was happening was you had like, even with the the Beatles and Kiss and Justin Bieber and One Direction is a great example. I'm actually meeting with someone tomorrow who started off as like, uh, she had a small One Direction fan club. And then she started her Twitter account and she started getting more and more followers and they would have contests and they would have more and more ways that you could get closer and closer until she herself had a quarter of a million followers on Twitter and then got hired by the band and got to meet the band. And what really was happening there was this like gamified experience as a fan, but it wasn't official because there wasn't a real system in place to make it that way. Um, and those fan clubs are the ones who are generating, those are the fans that are generating hundreds of millions of dollars for these artists. So what happens when you put a structure in place and you utilize Web3 to create something like that? And then you add in being able to make decisions with the artists and with the collective. And then you add in they're native to the metaverse. 
they're able to do multiple things at once. That's what really excites us in terms of the power of Web3 connected to Metastars. Will this artist play in real life? And when they do play in real life, what will it look like? Is it like you have to wear goggles? To... So do you have any of those videos like pulled up? Just share one on the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could pick one up. Yeah, we've done three live performances with Angel Baby. Um, it was actually really important to us. Some of it happened just fortuitously, but performing live with a Metastar with a virtual artist is one of the more difficult aspects of it. And it was important for us to do that first in classic, ambitious, me and David Hume fashion, I think. Um, but yeah, we did our first show with Angel at Art Basel. Then there was a satellite show at the Super Bowl. And then we did a performance at South by Southwest. And the South by Southwest performance was really unique because it was in a, a giant 80 foot dome uh, in Austin. So David can pull up some of those videos, but it'll be a multitude of different types of experiences. And some of them will be just IRL where you're at a concert, like a normal concert, and uh, you'll see Angel Baby up there on the stage and it will continue to develop as tech develops. And then you can also have virtual concerts and virtual experiences. Cause again, Angel Baby is native to virtual worlds and the metaverse and NFT space. Yeah, this is this was the intro to Angel Baby's show at Art Basel. So it's a screen, but it feels like a live experience. There's smoke, there's lights. Um, in this specific situation, the stage that Angel's performing uh, virtually is connected to the lights on stage, IRL, and the smoke as well. So everything is like synchronized, it's a synchronized experience. And then the performance at South by Southwest was a, a, like a fully immersive 360 degree dome like we were talking about i feel like live performance similar to even the beginnings of what we're doing with these decisions like we're in like this is morse code phase mm -hmm. we are at the beginning of this within a year two years three years if there's already conversations we're having about next iterations of Angel Baby Live and what that looks like and different technology there. Um, and then the same thing in virtual spaces. In answer to the question of why gamification, you know, as a tech philosopher, I always think that the meaning of life is gaming. I always think about like in nature, you know, I look at my cats, I've got two cats. They play all the time. They need to play, you know, as humans, what we do when we are building a business, that is playing a game. Everything that we do, you know, when we hunt, like we are not just, we are not just here to survive. You know, we are constantly needing to create new ways of playing. And, and that's what life is uh, really at its core. So I think game uh, and gaming, gamification of everything that we do is just going to increase. And we are just going to find new ways of uh, using technology um, and actually, again, going back to, you know, the whole tech philosophy thing, you know, we often think that we are using technology, but actually it could be that technology is using us, you know, that we are co-evolving with technology. So if we don't co-evolve in a appropriate manner at the right kind of speed and in a way that technology is moving, it can easily outperform us and outshine us and, and, and it can continue, you know, to go. I think the side tangent, but to what you're saying, I've been playing around with mid journey lately, which is that it's one of, it's like Dolly, you type in some words and it creates some piece of art. And to your point of like, we're in this weird phase of humanity right now, where we need to learn to co-evolve with these tools and technology because it's just how our world is going to work. And in some ways we, we've always co-evolved with tech, like going back to the wheel, like 
the wheel was invented, people who used it were able to like start to farm better and like, you know, the the momentum kept going. It's like with AI specifically in this case, the more we can learn how to co-create and co-evolve and use use AI to our advantage, not as a threat, those people are going to be wildly successful. And I do think there's going to be this like weird tier of like Dali and mid-journey art. Some people are going to be way better at it than others. They're probably going to be people who are like, they'll probably be the people who are great writers, but have never had a way to express themselves visually. And those people are going to be so good at these. And they're, they're going to have like, they're going to be like renowned for how well they work with these AI tools. Yeah, absolutely. And and when I think about, you know, as you were talking about the performance and just my mind was going into lots of different ways that this could develop. Like I can imagine that maybe one day we would be willing to pay more even to see a meta star or you could call it a virtual artist, you know, and, and the other thing is for me, the most interesting part of the whole meta star thing when I will be really engaged with it is not when there's a human behind it but it's when I can actually interact with the machine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to see what comes out of its mind when I interact with that. And the beauty of it is that when you have that, oh my God, just like, this is so interesting. Like when you have that, you, you can imagine that, you know how like, say for example, if I now go like my favorite, say death metal band, let's say, Lamb of God or in this moment, right? So I go to their, you know, Twitter or, or Instagram, whatever, and I post something. I can't expect to get a response back from, you know, my favorite singer because he's so busy. But if it's um, AI, I can have a, a response back, right? Mm-hmm. And at that time, we need to artificially create scarcity to make these experiences meaningful for humans. But it can be so interesting to say that, you know, maybe at that point, then we have the choice to whether we want to create that scarcity or not. It may be that we would say, no, you you don't want to have that scarcity. Right. And you want to have that personal relationship with that virtual artist. And that virtual artist will give a different response to each fan that posts something, you know, that, that tries to interact with them based on the input that they get. So it can create infinitely interesting possibilities. So when you guys are building this, are you thinking that far ahead? You know, are you thinking that one day your your artists are going to be truly AI, basically? Yeah, we think about it. I mean, we think about it all the time. There is a lot of hurdles, I think, that are still in front of us to get to full, full, full AI, what I think will happen is like, you'll start to have pieces of it become more automated. But for example, like with your Twitter example, and we've talked about this a lot, it's like, at first it seems like a great idea to have this AI responding, but if the AI, right, it's like train, whatever it was trained on machine learning, if it says one, like we see what happens with humans, with cancel culture, like if the AI makes one mistake, maybe it like learned a word that it shouldn't be saying, but it thinks it's okay to say that word. And you had like one mistake now, you just tanked the entire brand and project. So I do think it's gonna be longer than we think to get this like, this kind of AI that is that you just like let loose and is just like answering people on Twitter and interacting with people. And for a while, it's going to be more of these, we see it with like chat bots where like more choose your own adventure mm-hmm. feeling AI because the risk is pretty large. Um, all it takes is one, one comment that, you know, shouldn't be said. And now the whole, the work of, you know, two years, three years, whatever it is at that point goes under. So we talk about it a lot. And then we, we get into these conversations of like, mm-hmm. okay, what are the, what are the risks? And then like, what is, what's most likely to start to happen first? 
the interesting thing is that um, before I started getting into blockchain, I spent so much time um, uh, researching AI. And uh, it's, it's something that I used to give a lot of talks on this topic, uh, ethics of AI and, and philosophy of AI, all that stuff. And you are right, we are far from it. But, um, you know, the beauty of it is that you can continue to build an audience and you can continue to build what you're building in the Web3 space. Mm -hmm. But the, the AI development is happening on the side. Like now we are in a GPT-3. Who knows by the time we get to GPT-6, <laughs> you know, what, what it would look like, right? So that's being developed on the side. And right now we definitely don't have truly smart chatbots, essentially. We, we still don't have that. And conversational AI is something that, you know, I, I follow very closely to see uh, where that's going. Uh, but it's um, it's definitely super interesting. Something that you said that I think is really interesting in terms of your excitement to interact with AI in that way. I think our thought with it as well, when you get to that point, it's really fascinating. But you want there to be a world and a richness to that world that you really care about that artist like angel baby comes from the year 3045 they became sentient at a certain time they were they have people that mentored them and raised them they have people that were like the love of their life like throughout people getting to know angel baby more and more you're going to get to understand their narrative and understand their narrative world and for us at the core of our belief in the future of metastars and virtual artists equal to that is the importance of a narrative and a world and a story that is as wide and rich as lord of the rings or harry potter or star wars or marvel so if you can build and develop angel baby to the point and then other future metastars like we're doing plus you have that rich world and then technology has now caught up. It's going to be a whole other level because you actually love this artist, you know? The problem that I personally would have at the moment where we are right now is that I know there is a real person behind that and I can't interact with that person. You see what I mean? Like, like that's quite, it can be quite frustrating. So in a way, the process of making the music is hidden from me. Uh, you know, I'm not, I can't see the artist, you know, because I used to be in a band. So we used to film all the behind the scenes of, okay, like me sitting with my, you know, team and like working through ideas and, and you can't reveal that. So, so my question is, how do you get around that challenge of the fact that you can't show the process? And then from there, the next question I have, is there a risk that at some point the artist's will be like, actually, I want to be myself. Like, I want to show who I am. <laughs> I mean, I, if I can say like a quick thing, it's that in a weird way, we actually do show the process. So if you go to, I don't remember what month it was right now, because time is weird, but somewhere in April or May of Angel Baby's Twitter timeline, Angel Baby had a songwriting camp the same way that the biggest artists in the world would have a songwriting camp. And there's photos of Angel Baby with those songwriters that they were writing with at the camp. So we do try and, you know, that, that behind the scenes experience and like seeing what's happening behind the scenes, like you pointed out, is part of following and engaging with an artist. And it's why Angel Baby posts, you know, photos from their writing camp and photos with Gino the ghost who they wrote with or a photo with Jay when they're writing with Jay or a photo with uh, Brandon, um, you know, before they came out with their, their song uh, minted. So that is something we like think about a lot and it's something that's really important to us. And it's something we've made an effort to make sure like uh, you can see angel baby behind the scenes. This is a full experience of being with that artist. Angel baby is real. This right. is what I'd say if we're if we're talking about like tech philosophy and we want to get into just overall like archetypal philosophy and narrative philosophy and religion, 
Angel Baby is real. And we have conversations with Angel Baby. We build with Angel Baby. That is, I believe, going to be a big part of the success and growth of not just what we're building at Hume, but we we're friends with a lot of other people who are developing virtual artists and the way they talk about that and like, you know, this artist is real. This meta star is real. I think that that is really important as perhaps insane as that might sound as I say it, because I, I do genuinely believe that 99% of humanity, you might be in the 1% <laughs> of like highly inquisitive people um, who understand a lot about AI and understand about music and understand about Web3 and business and all of that together. Like you're a, a very unique case, but I do think the human instinct is to believe. Otherwise, we, we would have never made it. <laughs> we look yeah. up at the stars and so we're funny. like, all right, well, that one is this God and that one is this. And, you know, we like stories. That's right. <clears throat> Do you know Donald Hoffman? Have you heard of Donald Hoffman? Uh, he is the author of uh, The Case Against Reality. I actually have him mm. coming on my podcast soon. So yeah. um, he's this really, really like incredible uh, scientist who has written a book about the fact that everything that we experience is not reality. Essentially that we are living in a simulation and he has this really, really interesting way of explaining it. You know, say for example, if somebody says, so does that mean that I can't die if I go and stand in front of a truck? And he says, no, you can die. Just like the way that I can take this icon from my uh, desktop and put it into trash and then delete it. <laughs> you know, you can die in a similar way, you know? So, so super, super interesting. So, so yes, you're right in the fact that, you know, I really like dig really deep into, you know, <laughs> what is reality, right? Um, okay. So, so that, that aspect of it, um, is interesting. So, but there was a second question, right? To that, whoever is behind it, like whoever is creating, is it like one person or is it several people who are creating this character and what will happen if these people decide one day that they want to dox themselves that like, I don't want to be an angel baby. Like I want to show who I am that I'm behind angel, angel baby to, uh, you know, maintain the reality of, of Hume for a second. The way I'd answer that is Hume has a full team of people. We have a 3D team made up of currently five or yeah, five full-time plus sometimes we bring in other people. We have a creative director, a 3D director. We have a Jay's, our chief artist officer. Um, He's behind all the music, the narrative, works with Angel Baby. Um, he brings in other songwriters to work with Angel Baby. So there's a full team of people at Hume developing this Metastar. Um, and Angel Baby couldn't do it without, without the team. Yeah, and I might say like, like Angel <laughs> Baby is real again. Like, and what is reality? It's is Angel Baby real that. the way that Santa Claus is real? <laughs> well, it depends on what you believe about Santa Claus. But the other thing that I would say is if you think of one aspect of Hume, just the, the studio, the creative studio part of Hume, like you think about Pixar and, you know, we're developing Metastars, Pixar develops 3D movies, there will always be Woody. There will always be Buzz Lightyear. And on a very deep philosophical level in terms of how we operate and develop, we've built a foundation that will allow for that. I think that's probably as much as I should say before there's a, an issue. But yeah, we've, we've developed it so that cannot become an issue. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Okay, look, now let's talk a little bit about so because people want to buy the token, I bought the token, I want to know what did I buy? What exactly is the business model here? Right now, I understand that you don't have direct competition. But what happens when more people come into this space, you know, uh, in the short run, what does it mean for token holders? In one year, what does it mean? Where does that go? Um, like if we've learned anything in Web3, it's to not spill all the secrets. But 
what we'd say is the the Hume Genesis is it's the beginning of your journey with Hume. And as we've been talking about on this podcast, like that journey is going to include multiple meta stars. It's going to include multiple meta stars that you have a say in what's getting released. Um, and it's going to, we'd like it to eventually include as much as possible within this meta star umbrella. And that Hume Genesis is the beginning of that chain. So what's guaranteed with the Hume Genesis is from a you know NFT perspective is each meta star will have this, of these season one meta stars will have this Genesis mint. So Angel Baby is gonna have their own Genesis mint. Um, you will get the Angel Baby Genesis for free if you have a Hume Genesis. And there will be other meta stars that will have this Genesis mint that opens up their worlds. So if you think about it, if you wanna think of like Hume as the label for a second, and these other artists are gonna have their own worlds, but those worlds connect back to Hume, the Hume Genesis guarantees that you're gonna be a part of each one of those worlds and your power within the, the Hume Collective at the you know, label level grows. So if you have the Hume Genesis and the Angel Baby Genesis, you'll now have even more influence when Angel Baby is releasing their tracks later. The Angel Baby Genesis will come later this year um, or super early 2023. And there's some fun stuff on the way to that. But if you're a Hume Genesis holder, you're guaranteed access to this world and free mints on the Metastar Genesis NFTs and exclusive allow list spots um, on certain drops that will happen on the way there. So if to put it succinctly, it's your key into the beginning of Metastars as an industry and what we believe will be some of the most successful virtual artists and Metastars on earth and arguably the most successful virtual artists in Web3 right now. What I'll add, and this is like, this is where, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of legal layers in this world and there's a lot to think through, but, you know, whether it's figuring out how to experiment with IP, experimenting with other things that people are experimenting with, with music, like, those are layers that we're thinking about much in the way that some of the best teams in this space took six months, 12 months to really think about and make sure they got it. They got it right. We're thinking about those, those aspects of things and working with our, our teams to, to make sure we get it right. And if those things make sense, those will be, you know, part of what being a human Genesis holder is all about. Wow, David's dropping the the real alpha. <laughs> no matter how many times I talked to David before a podcast or a Twitter space, there's always something I'm surprised with. Um, and the, the last thing I'd add to that is like we talk deeply about the importance of gamification and uh, how I, I love what you were saying too about how life is essentially like at the core of it our desire to play games, but we've talked about how important that is to us you can think of the hume genesis as you know the grail nft in this world of gamified music that we're building yes. do you see that uh the fact that you're using nfts might limit your reach at least at this moment in terms of being able to because it's like now angel baby's main i suppose uh, listeners or, or um, you know, fans are going to be in the Web3 space and the Web3 space is already so small. So you made the decision to go down this route of developing Angel Baby within the NF, uh, within the NFT Web3 space. So, so that itself gives you a smaller pool of audience. How do you think that will affect, um, you know, developing this brand? I'll, I'll take that. Um, the Beatles, let's go back to the Beatles. How did the Beatles develop, right? Um, Liverpool, the cavern. I believe the cavern only held hundreds of people, not many hundreds. And that entire Mercy Beat scene with all of these bands came out of this tiny world 
where there were hundreds of people going to the shows. Death metal, hardcore, emo core, all of that shows at VFW halls in America or like small uh, outdoor breweries and like places in Europe, hundreds of people. Green Day, punk scene, hundreds, eventually thousands. I would argue that there is no better way to grow an artist from the bottom up than in a hyper engaged, loving, obsessive community that's small at first. Because if you just try to go out there and you're like, I'm putting out my music for the masses, well, who is it really for? Like, who's your core audience? Who are your fans? So a lot of what we talked about early days um, as we were diving in with Angel Baby was like the whole Web3 world with PFP communities and different NFT communities. To me, it was like seeing the whole world of punk rock, but there were no artists. So what happens if you put an artist there? So now that we have a certain monicum of success and growth with Angel Baby, we'll continue to grow that and nurture that. And like this Web3 world and this community is the most important to us. Just like the Beatles never gave up on Liverpool <laughs> and they just like kept going back until they were playing stadiums and like everyone in Liverpool's like, I would die for these bands, right? Because that's where they came from. Um, now, as we start to expand into a more mainstream market, and uh, unpredictable algorithmic worlds of TikTok and Spotify and DSPs and growing in that world, that will be our way to pull Angel Baby out into the mainstream. And what's gonna be interesting, and that's why I also think Metastars could arguably be one of the greatest gateways to Web3 and NFTs, because I could show a video of Angel Baby to a 12 year old, and they're just like, oh my God, I love that song and I love this rabbit. <laughs> like say that's just like what they say. And then they go and they watch Angel Baby's TikToks and they love the music and they say, hey dad, I really wanna to go to this concert. And then their dad's like, well, what is it? And they go and look and it's like, oh, there's an NFT ecosystem to this? That's amazing, I have an ape. <laughs> and it's like, son, let me show you more about this. Let me tell you what this actually is. You know what, let's get you a Hume Genesis. Now you can make decisions with your favorite artist, Angel Baby, who you've been watching on TikTok and you have 5,000 of their 20 million streams. And now you're gonna decide the next single. If you're 12, you just turned 13 at this point in my analogy, you're gonna be flipping the out because you've never been able to do this ever the closest you could get is like a paid meet and greet to like give a hug to your favorite artist so anyway no super that's super my answer to your question i wanted to ask you about collaborations do you see um a scenario where you would collaborate with brands or of course other artists that are in the space for example i've worked with steinway pianos um there are my biggest client in my other company. Tomorrow, we are going to the Steinway Hall with G-Money. You know, we're talking about exploring what is going on in this space and how we can bring in these brands into the space. So uh, Steinway has got this um, really interesting piano, which is called um, uh, Spirio, and it plays itself. So you've got, um, you know, you've got the Steinway, you know, like a baby grand in your living room, and then it's connected to an iPad, you choose something that has been played by say Lang Lang or you know some like big artist and then it starts playing it uh, and you see the keys going up and down and I can see that being super uh, in line with what you're doing like you know if uh, you know they are now creating this thing called Asperia cast where you could have like say a hundred or a thousand Steinways around the world and you press that button and they all play the same thing at the same time and you can mm. see that the keys going up and down right so if you could combine that with, you know, a meta star, right? And where you have, like you have the meta star, you know, kind of like performing with this Steinway that is playing itself. It's like something out of Westworld, but you know, but it, it, it's, it's super, super interesting. And I think there's, I don't know if you knew about this, but this is definitely something that you guys, you might want to explore because there are all these really interesting things that are happening in the music space and these people who are thinking these brands who are thinking about you know coming into this space 
um, but they don't know where to start from. Sounds like you should connect us with Steinway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. You know, possibly. Um, yeah. So, like my other company, the work that we do with them is we create these mini documentaries about Steinway artists and and people who own Steinways. And one of the people that we work with is um, Madonna's pianist, well, who also just played with Christina Aguilera here. And I was ex explained to him about um, you know NFTs. Like these are some really amazing people that. You know, you can you can start with collaborating with them first. I think it will really elevate your brand to try and create these kind of partnerships. And it also gives those legacy brands access to a new kind of audience. Angel Baby needs a Steinway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the the bigger picture there for us is we are in the midst of multiple conversations with brands and figuring out what is the right partnership for Hume and who understands this trajectory that we believe music is on. Um, so yeah, we agree that it's just really important and you're seeing it with like the way that some of the big IP companies like Yuga are partnering with legacy companies and seeing how people are reacting to that. If you do it right, um, it can be really great. By the way, I just got my uh, Adidas hoodie in in the mail. Oh, is that what? That's what it is. My That's my girlfriend tried to open it, and I was like, "No, I've been waiting for a year. <laughs> Don't open that." Is it is it through um, the NFT? Yeah, that's like the the G Money punks. Oh, I um, see. Okay, board eight, board eight hoodie. But a, a great example of a legacy company yeah. coming into the space and doing it well. So. Yeah, for us, it's uh, equally as important and would love to continue that conversation with you too, besides Sanway, just seeing what else you think would be a good fit. Although Angel Baby is an excellent piano player, so that's an yeah. easy. Well, you know, it, you have to, to become a Steinway artist, you have to own a Steinway. So, you know, uh, hopefully as your <clears> brand <throat> grows, you know, you can buy Angel Baby a, a Steinway. I sound like a Steinway salesperson. I'm not. I think, I think Angel Angel always ha Angel Angel already has a 3D Steinway. You know, it's gonna oh, be it's ready really, this afternoon. That's the thing, right? Like Steinway really needs to start selling their 3D Steinways. <laughs> this has been a really interesting conversation. So, what um, is there any last words you want to leave uh, our audience with? Um, what can they expect? Where can they find you? What do you want them, what action do you want them to take um, from this I'd, conversation? I'd, I'd leave everybody with, the, you know, NFTs have, NFTs go through through cycles. Um, and I think, not not to sound like I'm on Twitter right now, but we're, we're early. And we're still early with, you know, PFPs, with how all that works. Um, we're early with, you know, NFT gaming. We're early with a lot of things, but I think, Music in particular has not been experimented with or touched or just like embraced even in the same way as like visual arts, PFPs, and a lot of the different things where, where Web3 has kind of, you know, shown the light on something. And, you know, we feel like there, there aren't a lot of companies thinking about music and the way we're thinking about it right now. And if, uh, if you want to come on, on the web three music journey, it is a amazing experiment. And the Hume Genesis in our case is the beginning of that with meta stars, metaverse music. We think like it has all the foundational block. We're playing in all the right sandboxes. And it's going to be really exciting to see where this goes in the next uh, three months, six months, couple of years. And if you, if somebody is listening to this and has ideas of like where this will, where this is going and things we should be thinking about, it, it is truly like such an early sandbox right now. Like jump into our discord, DM Hume, like we want to hear from you because it's, it's really it really is early right now, especially with Web3 music. And there's so much that can be created and and uh, experimented with, so. Super interesting. Jay, any last words? 
For some reason, this was coming to my mind. David and I talk about this a lot. All of the majority of the money and revenue in music, especially in like music entertainment, is around the music. There's still, you know, revenue and money in the music, but it's everything around it. The live performances, the merchandise, the brand partnerships, the TV shows, the biopic, the movies, the Steinway relationship, all of those things. And what we're looking to build is a world where all of those things come together to continue to give more value to music. But thinking of music where it's not just a song, it's the entire ecosystem of everything around music. And going back to what you said early on, like why Web3, Web3 and Metastars give Hume the ability to bring those things together so that you can create music NFTs that are much, much more rich than just a song, just like an artist like Drake or Rihanna or the Beatles are the sum of all their parts, you know? So it's very exciting and echoing David there. And if what I just said inspires you, let us know. Um, and we're excited to take everybody on the ride that we've always wanted to go on. We've been talking about this obsessively since 2016. So I'm glad yeah. that the <laughs> world is uh, moving at the speed that it is. And yes. we finally get to build what we've been seeing. One thing I would say is that if anybody is looking to do some kind of innovation, a platform like OpenSea is not the place for um, music NFTs. This is one of the things that has to happen. We need to have a platform that is dedicated to music related NFTs and makes it in a way uh, accessible that, you know, like I bought the token. I didn't even know that it, it had a music on. So I, the other day mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I see that there's a, a button here. So I have to play play this thing. And then I was playing all of the different ones to see if they, they were all the same. So as a, next, uh, as a next step, uh, so you <laughs> want people to follow you on, on Twitter. Can you tell them, uh, you know? Follow, yeah, so follow at We Are Hume on Twitter. Follow at Angel Baby uh, on Twitter and then from our Twitter, you should be able to easily make it to Discord. And if you uh, go to OpenSea, Hume Genesis, it's verified. Um, don't click on any that is not verified. Click on the verified one um, and you'll see the whole collection there. Awesome. I need to come into the Discord because I have the token. So uh, come in yeah. and see what's going on. Come All on. right. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this awesome. no, yeah, this was great. Really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Hume Collective. Be sure to keep an eye out on their development. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.